Welcome into another special edition of the Wisports.net podcast. I'm Travis Wilson, general manager at Wisports.net, also our football writer at WSN. And this is a football special edition as we take a look at the post-week eight field and landscape in the playoffs and especially the post-week eight projections that we completed on Wisports.net yesterday as we record this on Sunday, and uh, just kind of delve into what might have changed, things that came up during the week um, that kind of will impact things, and ultimately take a look at where things might stand from a playoff perspective heading in to the final week of the regular season. We will still have our regular Wednesday edition of the WSN podcast, where we'll take a look at um, some more of the conference races and and kind of the other things going on around high school football that aren't playoff related. But this is going to be a playoff, uh, highly uh, focused edition of the WSN podcast. And again, breaking down some of the things that uh, that are going on around the, the playoffs. As we've talked about before, in these last couple of weeks, and especially in week nine, it does seem like sometimes the conference races get the short end of the stick in terms of attention and focus. Uh, for a lot of people, because a lot of teams are out of the conference title race, but a lot of teams are still in the playoff race. And so again, we'll focus on the playoffs for tonight. And and we'll start with some news that came out last week um, related to the playoffs. And that would be, first of all, that Milwaukee South for the second year in a row was going to, uh, is going to decline an invitation to the playoffs, even though they will have enough wins to qualify. Uh, They lost last week to Milwaukee Reagan in a uh, kind of a de facto Milwaukee City Blackburn conference title game, if you will. Uh, So Reagan finishes unbeaten in league play. Milwaukee South was 4-2 in conference play, and they've got a non-conference MPS crossover this week. But uh, South, uh, again, declining a invitation to participate, excuse me, participate in the playoffs. They did so last year as well. Uh, Why, you might ask? Well, as we've talked about before, football in the city conference is different. It's different than anywhere else in the state. It's um, the challenges that they face in the city conference are are unique in many ways. And Milwaukee South, um, like some of the other city conference teams, even though they're a a larger enrollment uh, school, their participation is down considerably they have an enrollment of almost 1500 but their varsity football roster has around 20 to 23 somewhere in that range um and that's if everybody's healthy and and out there um and it just would be a very difficult situation for milwaukee south like some of the other milwaukee city schools to be competitive uh and not just be competitive but um you know in in some instances provide a viable safe option out there. Because if Milwaukee South were to be in the playoffs, like many of the other MPS schools, they would be likely a very low seed, if not a seven or an eight seed in the playoffs, where they would be playing a one seed, maybe a two seed in division one. So you're talking about playing against a Kimberly or a Fond du Lac or a Muskego or a Franklin, something like that, where it really would not be uh, a competitive game. It would be a game that would be over likely by the end of the first quarter. Uh, if not the first half. And uh, so Milwaukee South, um, 
turning down the opportunity to play in the playoffs. And, and the other thing you have to think about too uh, is, you know, if they do, let's say they got matched up with a Kimberly and they had to go to Kimberly on a uh, Friday night, get beat handily and then come back. Uh, you know, there's, there's costs and travel and, and other things involved there that not saying those are their deciding factors, but you know, those are things that you have to take into account. Yeah. It, it's unfortunate for the players. Um, you know, you never like taking opportunities away from players, but at the same time, you know, you're providing potentially another team to get in the playoffs that might have a more competitive situation that might have a more competitive situation in their conference and uh, some Milwaukee South declining to participate in the playoffs. And that is something that, you know, there's been, been um, not conversations about, but people have questioned, well, why, why even have the city conference teams in the playoffs? Because quite honestly, they have uh, for the most part been beaten pretty handily the last few years. I think it was Maybe 2015 was the last time a city conference team won a game over somebody that was not another city conference team. Um, 2015 or 2016, Milwaukee King did it. Milwaukee Riverside made it to the state semifinals, actually, uh, almost a decade ago, back in 2010. Also made it to the state semifinals in 2006, by the way. But by and large, outside of two, maybe three teams each year, the Milwaukee City Conference teams are... Uh, largely going to be non-competitive again, especially against the other big school teams in the state of Wisconsin. I don't know if it'll ever change, um, but there is kind of a blueprint, if you will, for if there was a change to be made. In the state of Illinois, the Chicago public schools, some of them participate in the playoffs, some of them participate separately from kind of the other teams that are in the playoffs. And so if it ever came to that, if the city conference, uh, you know, ever decided that hey, we're just we're just not there, and maybe it's just better if we just play against ourselves and uh, you know, kind of focus on that, there there would be kind of a blueprint to follow. Again, I don't know if it'll ever get there. I, I don't think it's anything that will uh, ever come from the WIAA, for instance, um, or the coaches association or anything like that. But you know, internally. You have to wonder if those discussions would be had to uh, to see how, how that might go. The other thing that we uh, got news of this week, or last week, I guess it was, um, regarding the Milwaukee City Conference was that a game uh, a few weeks ago, I think it was week six, um, I think it was week six, yeah, uh, between Milwaukee Pulaski and Milwaukee Obama, uh, Obama SCTE, the old Custer, uh, we thought was going to be a canceled game uh, because what happened there is they did not have officials show up, apparently. Uh, it did not get scheduled or did not get scheduled correctly, and, uh, and Obama was supposed to be the home team for that one. Uh, so no officials showed up, and they ended up canceling it, and, and we thought it would be a canceled game. But last week, the uh, WIAA clarified that it would go down as a forfeit victory for Pulaski since they were the visiting team and uh, I guess denied the opportunity to get a win um, whereas Obama was the home team and, and responsible for making the uh, the officiating um, schedules and, and whatever that uh, that it would go down as a forfeit so uh, now from my understanding each school does not schedule their own officials in in the city conference I believe it is all done through the uh, through the MPS office. So 
a difficult situation for Obama, but ultimately it doesn't affect them. They were still uh, going to be in the playoffs. But what it did do is it gave Milwaukee Pulaski another conference victory. So instead of being two and three, as we thought they would be, they are going to be three and three in the playoffs as they won their last two games over Milwaukee Madison and Milwaukee North. And with the MPS crossovers in week nine being non-conference, they are three and three and they will be in the playoffs as one of the 500 conference teams. So in essence, if you will, uh, Milwaukee Pulaski took a spot. Milwaukee South uh, took themselves out of a spot. So it, it, it was almost like they just flip-flopped what we thought was going to happen. Pulaski takes South spot, but it does, uh, you know, it, 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 it does maybe change things if you look at it through the lens of, okay, well, what if Milwaukee Pulaski had not been awarded that win? And what if they were not going to be in the playoffs? And what if uh, a different team would have been the last team in? What if that would have impacted cut lines? Same thing with Milwaukee South. If Milwaukee South vacates or with them vacating, you know, the last team in the playoffs, let's say it was a D7 team, Milwaukee South would have been a D1 team. That change changes the uh, the cut lines. So a couple of administrative type of things that will have an impact on the uh, on the playoffs for other teams because of how the cut lines work and because of how the qualification system works. So just thought that was kind of interesting and noteworthy and wanted to go over those uh, items from the last couple of weeks. If you saw on Wisports.net, our new projected playoff field is out, our new projections heading into week nine. There were certainly some changes from week eight. You know, there were some games in week eight that uh, went differently than what we had projected before the week. And so that changed things a little bit in terms of who got in. It also changed uh, along with the news regarding Milwaukee South and Milwaukee Pulaski. It also changed what we needed to do in terms of uh, tiebreakers. So before week eight, when we had done our projections, we had all of the teams that finished three and four in conference play get in. And then we had to go to a situation where we uh, had to apply the tiebreaker per, uh, criteria to teams that finished two and three in conference play. After week eight, after changes, after games going differently than we thought, we ended up with a situation where not all of the teams that uh, finished three and four are getting in according to our projections. And again, this will change. Uh, I guarantee that I didn't pick all 192 or 93 games, whatever it is, right for week nine, but uh, it will be pretty close. Um, and so, again, we had 100, or excuse me, 13 teams, 13 spots for teams that finished three and four with 15 teams that finished three and four. So we had to go through the playoff criteria. And as you read through the uh, the article, I tried to break down what that playoff criteria is. It can be a little confusing at times. Um, we had to go down several steps to get the teams that, uh, that will be in the playoffs uh, if we do have to apply all of that various criteria. The first step um, was the combined conference winning percentage of defeated conference opponents. Essentially, that rewards teams that, um, that beat a good team in their conference. Had to go through a few other steps as well. Um, Win-loss percentage against the playoff field. Sometimes that'll get a team in if they had a, a non-conference win over somebody that, that made the playoffs. Uh, and by the way, that 
that uh, criteria is for teams that make the playoffs as teams over 500 in conference. So if you beat a team that was three and three in conference, that doesn't actually help you in that criteria. We also uh, then went down to defeated opponents, conference wins only, overall win-loss percentage. And so that rewards you if you beat a conference team that uh, maybe had some good non-conference victories. And also it, it brought into play an interesting situation that we saw come in last year when we were applying the criteria as well. And that is if you beat a team that did not play nine games for whatever reason, it actually helps you. And you get uh, the, the benefit of the doubt, if you will, uh, in that criteria because your opponent's overall win-loss percentage, if a team that you played went 0-8, that is better than a team that went 0-9, uh, as long as you know everybody else won a game at least. So uh, kind of a little quirk of the process where if you play a team that maybe had an opponent cancel or only scheduled eight games, it actually helps you out. Um, we had to go all the way down to the next criteria to get our last qualifier, and that was defeated opponents, all games, overall win-loss record. So... Uh, the, the previous criteria was the, the conference wins that you had, what their uh, overall win-loss record was, and this is now your defeated opponents of any games, including non-conference, what their overall win-loss record is. So this gives um, an advantage to teams that play non-conference games against quality opponents, if you will, and, and beat those better opponents. And so that was where it went down, and we got our last couple, uh, last qualifier in. Eau Claire Memorial ended up being team 224 out of team out of 224 teams, and that left Fenimore and Nakusa out of the playoffs as uh, what we project to be teams that finished three and four in conference play. Again, this very well could change the the number of teams that we have to apply the tiebreaker procedure to, the number of teams that finished three and four that we have to apply it to. I would love it if. It was uh, exactly every team that finished three and four got in, and I didn't have to apply any tiebreakers. I hope that's the case Friday night, to be quite honest with you, because it can get a little lengthy to uh, to figure out those various tiebreakers that are uh, that are sitting out there. Um, overall win loss percentage, by the way, is another criteria that comes into play down the road. Uh, you know, conference wins are really the the main driving factor in playoff qualification but if it comes down to it and you got to go to the you know fifth sixth tiebreaker whatever it is in the steps um, overall win loss percentage does come into play potentially first half points allowed per game through week eight in conference games comes into play I don't recall a situation where they've ever had to go all the way down to a coin flip um, you hope it doesn't come down to that but uh, that is one of the other criteria way 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 down the list. So once we applied all those criteria, and once we figured out the 224 teams that were in the playoffs, we could then break them into seven equal divisions of 32 teams and figure out the cut lines, which is always a uh, really big point of interest, obviously. What division am I going to be in? Especially if I'm one of those that's right near the cut line, on the bubble. As it turned out, despite some changes, despite, you know, South going out, Pulaski coming in, some games going differently than we projected, yada, yada, yada. 
Long story short, the cut lines did not change from what we had before week eight, actually. So as you looked at the um, the, the Division two three cut line, for instance, which is one of the more intriguing ones, we had Ashwabanon, Union Grove, West Pier, Menominee, Stoughton, Whitefish Bay, all going down to Division three after uh, many of them have either been in Division two or we projected in Division two before the season. By the way, that also meant that DeForest was the smallest Division II school. And uh, obviously that means that there's a chance they could go down to Division Three. An undefeated team heading into a huge Week 9 showdown with Wanakee. We'll talk about that more on Wednesday. Also in Division 3-4, we had Catholic Memorial once again as the smallest team in Division Three. The defending state champions, they've taken a couple lumps this year, but looking very, very strong. They would... Uh, still be a favorite, if not the favorite, in Division Three, And as we talked about, if they were to go down to Division Four, that would be quite a firestorm, quite a bit of chaos, quite a bit of, uh, you know, negative um, responses that, that you would get, I'm sure, directed at the WIAA. Uh, and then at the bottom of Division Four, defending state champion, we're seeing St. Catharines, we have... Uh, again, projected to be the smallest D4 team, which means there's a decent shot they could go down to Division 5. That does also mean then that schools like Platteville, Northwestern, Columbus, we project to go down to Division 5. Northwestern would be an interesting uh, case if that were to happen. They're undefeated currently, looking very, very good. And if they go to D5, a chance that they would end up either in the same grouping or potentially um, on the same side of the bracket as Stratford. And that would really provide a, uh, a really interesting uh, case if they got to uh, those two undefeated teams met up in, let's say, level three, maybe level four. At the bottom of Division Five, stop me if you've heard this one before, defending state champion St. Mary Springs, we projected as the smallest team in Division Five. So again, a very decent chance if one game goes differently that they could actually drop down to Division Six. The D6, D7 cut line, we projected to be, I think it was the same, maybe one different. Um, Johnson Creek, we projected as the smallest D6 school. Not as much intrigue or you know elite teams right on uh, that cut line. Now, it was interesting to note that I uh, did not see any significant issues regarding enrollment ties near the cut lines. I'll have to go back and figure out if there's any of the teams that are still technically alive for the playoffs that maybe we didn't project in that could be tied or close on these cut lines. Um, the last few years, I believe, we've had instances where teams had the same enrollment on a cut line. One has to go up, one has to go down. And the uh, the tiebreaker in that instance, by the way, is the actual enrollment for the third Friday in September of 2019. Because remember that the enrollments that we use for divisional placement for this sports season not only for football, but for all sports that the WIAA uses are actually from the third Friday in September count of 2018. So we'll see if there's any cut line ties uh, that need to be broken. Um, but again, it does not look like there would be any this year. So as we, uh, again, went through, the cut lines remain a really big, significant point of interest, point of uh, discussion. Who's going to go where? Um, you know, the other part of it, as we talked about, uh, the interesting thing that we'll have to watch is this going to be the first year that a team that finishes two and three in conference 
gets into the playoffs, uh, since they went to the new criteria, since they went to the new uh, system where teams that finish four and five in conference are ahead of teams that finish three and four who are ahead of teams that finish two and three. So we will uh, we'll see if that comes into play. Also of note, um, independent teams, uh, their qualifying criteria is a little bit different. Obviously, they don't play conference games. So if an independent team plays an approved schedule with six wins, they're automatically in. As we uh, received clarification from the WIA a few years ago, if an independent team goes five and four, they get in after all of the teams that finish 500 in conference, but ahead of any teams that finish under 500 in conference. So if you go five and four as an independent, you get in ahead of a team that finishes four and five in conference play, for instance. The WIA did uh, clarify for us last week that an independent team that goes four and five is not eligible for the playoffs. And that comes into play with Wausau East and Northland Pines, who have uh, both have a shot to get to four and five. But um, actually, East has a shot to get to four and five, but they wouldn't get in. Northland Pines is four and four currently, and they play Crivets this week. And so if they win, they would likely, almost certainly be in, whereas if they lose, they would be out. They would not have a shot at the playoffs. Um, so a few uh, few interesting things there. And as I've said before, all of this, you know, talk around, well, what about this situation with this independent team? Or what about these teams that finish four and five in conference compared to these teams that finish two and three? Or what about this conference where you only have to win two games to get in and I've got to win four or five in my conference? All of that stuff just illustrates why the football realignment is going into effect next year to standardize and, and bring um, you know clarity to the process uh, for how many games in conference each team plays and how many games each team has to win to get into the playoffs. It brings it into an equitable, standardized situation, consistent situation. So we're not having to worry about all of this other stuff. And, and you know, a team that goes two and three, but maybe two and seven overall, actually being alive for the playoffs. Whereas a team that might go, uh, you know, let's say six and three overall, but two and three in conference would not get in the playoffs or a team that goes, uh, you know, three and five in the classic eight and four and five overall in one of the best conferences in the state gets left out. But a team that finishes, you know, uh, three and six overall two and three in conference or three and three conference gets in. Um, this will address some of those issues and, and that realignment really can't get here soon enough. So make sure you check out those projections on Wisports.net to see where your favorite team comes in, uh, whether they're in the playoffs, first of all, and if they are, what division they might be in. And you can kind of start to put together the groupings a little bit. Um, you know, who might be grouped together in some of these divisions? That is another big topic uh, and a big determining factor for a lot of teams is where they're grouped and who they're going to be grouped with. And... I don't get into it a ton, to be quite honest with you, because there's so many variables involved of who gets into the playoffs that then when you start trying to break down where they're going to be placed and whatever, I just, it, it's a bigger project than I want to undertake. And it also is a much more inexact science 
than I would like to undertake because you could have, you know, three different people group a uh, set of 32 teams differently and not have any of them be wrong, but they would just be different. How do you draw a circle around four groups of eight teams? Uh, you know, there's, there's some subjectivity to it. So I just try not to get too involved in that process, to be quite honest with you. Uh, but you can check it out on the message board if you would like. Tiger Guy on our message board does a great job breaking it down, and uh, he actually seeds out the, the teams in a, a rough estimate. Um, you know, there's a lot of different things that come into play in the seeding process, as, as we all know, because it's done by the coaches last year for it. Uh, so, you know, what what is this coach going to base their seeding on compared to the coach next to them in that seed meeting? Uh, is it this coach wants to avoid a certain team? Is it this coach puts more weight on the, uh, the, the strength of schedule for teams? Is it this coach puts... Um, you know, more weight on the, the strength of the conference, whatever it might be. Uh, so this, the seating is a, another very inexact science. But if you want to check it out, again, Tiger Guy on our message board on the uh, Wisports uh, forum has put some of those together. You can join in the conversation there, voice your opinion, and uh, you know, we'll, we'll get everything figured out Friday night into Saturday morning of next week as we uh, break down all of the teams that qualify. We expect that, uh, we hope that once again for, I don't know if it's the 12th or 15th straight year, something like that, we'll have the um, unofficial playoff qualifying field out sooner than the WIAA. It will determine, it will depend a little bit on when all the final scores come in. On most Friday nights, we get them all in by about 11 o'clock. Um, but there's a little bit more of a sense of urgency, obviously, uh, on this Friday. So we will start calling coaches around 10 to 10.30 if their score is not in yet uh, so that we can figure it out. Uh, so we can break down uh, all of the tiebreakers, figure out who's in, etc. We hope to have those out by 10.30 or 11 o'clock on Friday night. The WIAA usually says uh, you know, 11 o'clock to 12 that they'll have theirs out. Um, I can't remember exactly what their timeline was last year. It was half an hour to 45 minutes after ours. Um, and then we wait for the actual playoff groupings to come out. Those are anywhere from 1 to 2 o'clock, uh, maybe a little bit later, depending on, on how it all goes. And then, uh, you know, we stay up, wait for that. Then Saturday morning, the coaches get together in a seed meeting, sit, uh, sit together, hash it out. Hopefully they all do it with, uh, you know, with integrity and, and again, not trying to play games and uh, avoid a certain team and, and you know, seed that way. But uh, Saturday afternoon, we'll get all of the official matchups and, and seedings together. Uh, they'll start to trickle in pretty early, uh, you know, around noon or so. Uh, you'll, see, you'll see some start coming out on our message board, on Twitter, et cetera, as uh, teams wrap up their they're meeting locally. Uh, and then once that's all done, then we officially have everything that we need to get ready for the playoffs. We have the 224 teams that get in. We have the regional groupings. We have the seedings. And then figure it out on the field. And that's the fun part. We do expect uh, on this, week, uh, this year, once again, we'll do our Facebook Live event on Friday night. So you can watch me in my home office break down all of the uh, criteria and, and everything that we're going through uh, to try to figure out who's going to be in. 
So you can join in that. Uh, I think I started around nine o'clock last year, 8.30, something like that. I'll double check. Uh, we'll have that information out on wisports.net this week and, and on Twitter as well. So you can join in on that Facebook Live event uh, and comment and ask questions and join in the discussion. Um, also on probably Wednesday, we'll, we'll probably do a, a test run of our Facebook Live event to kind of go through some of the same things we talked about today, but other um, other things that, that we'll be keeping an eye on, games that will be big to determine playoff qualifiers, games that could be big uh, to determine cut lines, things like that. And again, because of the way the playoffs work, it's not always just you know, the, the game between the, the best team here and the best team there that, that has a uh, impact on things. Sometimes it's a game between two non-playoff qualifiers that because of the tiebreaker processes for other teams might determine whether a Division One team gets in or a Division Seven team gets in. So we'll have an idea on some of those kinds of things to watch for. You can look for that Facebook Live event on Wednesday. Um, and of course, we'll have all kinds of information coming out this week. And Wisports.net is your home, of course, for all kinds of playoff information for the high school football playoffs. A really busy week, a really fun week. We're looking forward to it. Friday night's a little crazy and hectic, but it's also a lot of fun, especially if you're a high school football fan, as everybody here listening is, I'm sure. But we'll uh, we'll get to some of that later on. Um, again, look for all kinds of uh, other information as well, just kind of our regular stuff. You know, we'll have our, our team and player of the week um, polls out on Monday. Coach's poll comes out on Tuesday. Wednesday will be uh, the eight-player um, recap and, and spotlight article. Thursday, I uh, hope to have a uh, real big preview article, by the way, that will look at every team in the state and, and kind of break down their playoff situation. If they're in or out, which are two very easy things to figure out and, and talk about, but more importantly, what those teams on the bubble are, what, what is their um, situation? You know, if, if you're four and four right now and you've got a conference game in week nine, what does it mean if you win? What does it mean if you lose? We'll break it down for every single st- uh, team in the state. So look for that Wednesday or Thursday as our week nine uh, special preview. Until then, I'm Travis Wilson. This has been a wisports.net podcast. We'll see you at a game.